Good morning. It is Matt Weaver with BibleTruthProject.com here with another exciting episode, which we will discuss Bible history, Bible truth, uh, something very near and dear to my heart, and that is the Lost Tribes. Now, I am not proclaiming that I have the answers to the Lost Tribes or everything about them, but I do have perhaps a little bit more information um, that is interesting me as I read through the Bible and read these different verses. And I'm going to do this, of course, in several parts so that you get to hear uh, more than just one angle and, and also see all the uh, scripture related to this subject. I'm going to begin in Matthew 10. And this is an instance where the disciples are going out. And the twelve, and this is starting in verse 5, These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles. Okay, so the Gentiles is directly, uh, well, there's different cities, but technically most of the way east, or into any of the city of the Samaritans, which is the south. So don't go to there, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now, what does this mean? the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And then it says, as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So the message that Yeshua wanted to send out through his disciples was, uh, first of all, to the lost sheep, saying the kingdom is at hand. And what is the reality of the kingdom? It is to heal the sick, to cleanse the lepers, to raise the dead, to cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give, provide neither gold nor silver, nor brass in your purses, nor script for your journey, neither two coats, neither shoes, nor yet stays, for the workman is worthy of his meat. And into whatever city or town you shall enter, inquire who in it is worthy, and there abide until you go thence. And basically, what he's saying here, there's... there's uh, Two things going on. Number one is is he is doing something, which I'm going to get into more, by saying the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Secondly, he is preaching the kingdom. And the focus of the kingdom is not to heal the sick and cleanse the lepers, but those are the things uh, which take place in the kingdom. Those are things Jesus did, and that's a whole different dis discussion. I, m I may have t touched briefly on that in my segment on the kingdom. I'm not really going to get into a ton of here, but I just want you to notice that distinction, okay? The message was the kingdom, but the people, the subjects, was the house of Israel. Now, why is this important? Because uh, it is really interesting to me that Jesus later in Matthew 15, 24, then says, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now, we could look at this in a general term. And we could say, okay, well, he's talking about the whole house of Israel. He's going just to people who are lost and need help, who are marginalized. And there's an element of truth in that. But he does use the term house of Israel. And house of Israel in the days of the prophets meant a different, uh, a different thing, I guess, than it would be in today's time. House of Israel really meant the lost tribes, but it, it could have meant all of it. it. I mean, it can go both ways, but it's interesting to me that he says this. Why is it important? Well, the rabbis had a tradition, and I'm going to pause this segment just in a bit here. I'm going to research that a little bit to get you that reference, but the rabbis basically uh, said that the only one who will be able to find the Messiah or find the lost sheep, sorry, is the Messiah. 
Now I'm going to read several verses here, which will talk to this uh, thing, and that is first in, in Jeremiah 23. Uh, it, he references saying this, I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of all countries where I have driven them and will bring them back to their pasture where they will be fruitful and increase in number. Now, this is something uh, that we have to look at that, that it promises to, um, to Judah because Jeremiah was the prophet to Judah and, he, and God did that he fulfilled those prophecies, which I think is extremely important. And so that takes us to Isaiah. And Isaiah was really uh, the prophet speaking to the house of Israel. And this was this was sometime before Jeremiah, but they might have overlapped some in the in the early part of Jeremiah and the latter part of Isaiah. But we have to remember. Israel was taken out of the land a hundred years before Judah. Uh, the Assyrians took Israel, the house of Israel, and Judah was taken by the Babylonians. The reality is the Jewish people, or Judah, came back from the captivity of Babylon, but Israel, the ten tribes, did not come back uh, at all. Uh, at least there were some that remnants of being the Samaritans, but not as the, 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 the nation, the houses, if you will. And Isaiah says, in that day, the Lord will reach out his hand a second time to reclaim the remnant that is left of his people from Assyria, from Lower Egypt, from Upper Egypt, from Cush, Elam, Babylonia, Hamath, and the islands of the sea. In uh, Jeremiah 31, 31, we also read to this effect, and this is something that's just proclaim what's going to happen. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Notice the separation, house of Israel, house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break, although I was the husband unto them, saith the Lord. So I want you to notice this that he's saying, I will make a new covenant, but it's not going to be like the covenant I made before, which they broke. They broke the old covenant. The Mosaic covenant is a covenant that they broke. And it's written here in Jeremiah, which is in the Jewish Bible or the Old Testament. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. Now notice, with the house of Israel. Interesting observation is all I'm going to say. Okay, he separates the two earlier, and now he says the covenant of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. So here, the law is going to be written in us, in our hearts. It's no longer going to be the writing of the law on paper. It's going to be the writing of the law in the hearts. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor, and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of them to the greatest of them, saith the Lord. This is something I want you to realize, that in this new covenant that God will make, the testimony will be that they know God. And you will no longer have to look at your neighbor uh, and say, Know the Lord, because they will know him. It says, For they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest. For I will forgive their iniquity and remember their sin no more. So the trademark of this new covenant is that God will forgive the iniquity and remember the sin no more. Thus saith the Lord, which giveth 
the sun for light by day and the ordinance of the moon for stars by night, which divideth the sea when the waves thereof roar, the Lord of hosts is his name. If those ordinances depart from before me, saith the Lord, then the seed of Israel shall also cease from being a nation before me forever. Thus saith the Lord, if heaven cannot be measured, the foundation of the earth searched out beneath, I will also cast off all the seed of Israel for all they have done, saith the Lord. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that the city shall be built to the Lord from the tower of Hanuel or Hananel, something like that. Unto the gate of the corner, and the measuring line shall go forth over against it upon the hill Garib, and shall encompass about Goath. Now, we're looking at something here, and he's talking about several different things. But it shall come to pass that in that day, okay, there's going to be a covenant made. Now, this was written in Jeremiah's time. I look at this as being very much information in regards to when the messianic age will come now i know that's a bit of a statement but what does that mean i believe we're living in that now we're living in the time when his kingdom is made available now he's going to uh, establish either by spiritually or physically an earthly kingdom and that's a whole different discussion but just just as a reference that is the reality he did give us a new covenant and the trademark of the covenant was that he uh, forgave our sin, or he forgot our sins, and he forgave our iniquity. That is the trademarks of this new covenant. It's exactly what Jesus preached. And another interesting thing is in Psalms 118, uh, it says, Save now, I beseech thee, O Lord, O Lord, I beseech thee, send now prosperity. And then it says this one thing, Blessed be he that cometh in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you out of the house of the Lord. Now, interestingly enough, Jesus, before he passed, said these exact words. And he said it in a different tone. And I'm going to read that verse to you. And this is, the, uh, there's actually two references, but this is the one in Matthew, Matthew 23, 39, just before the fateful Matthew 24 chapter. It says, For I say unto you, ye shall not see me henceforth, till ye shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. And this is just after he says, uh, O Jerusalem, O Jerusalem, thou that kills the prophets and stones them which are sent unto you, how often would I have gathered thy children, even as a hen gather her chicks under her wings. And you would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. And then that's when he makes that fateful verse. For I say unto you, you shall not see me henceforth, till ye shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. And I think this is a huge statement. This is a statement that we need to uh, recognize as, as believers as being pivotal. All of this is related to... Uh, certifying Jesus as the Messiah and why he's not back yet. There's conditions that must be met. Here's another interesting note in the Antiquities of the Jews, which is written by uh, Josephus, um, by Yosef ben Metatayu, which is actually my name, Matthew. But anyway, um, now there was about this time Yeshua uh, which is Jesus, 
a wise man, this is Josephus writing, Josephus was a priest and uh, lived in the time of Jesus and would have perhaps known him. But he writes, now there was this time Yeshua, a wise man, if it be lawful to call him a man, for he was a doer of wonderful works, a teacher of such men as received the truth with pleasure. He drew over to him both many of the Jews and many of the Gentiles. He was Moshiach. And when Pilate, Moshiach is Messiah. And when Pilate, at the suggestion of the principal men among us, had condemned him to the cross, those that loved him at the first did not forsake him. For he appeared to them alive again the third day. As the divine prophets had foretold these and 10,000 other wonderful things concerning him. And the tribe, I think it is interesting, the tribe of Christians, this is what he said, followers of Messiah in parentheses, so named from him are not extinct to this day. Isn't that interesting? Tribe of Christians. Now, in the Yemenite Midrash, it says this word in the future the holy one blessed be he will seat uh, will seat the messiah in the supernatural yesh- or supernal yeshiva and they will call him the lord just as they call the creator the lord so this messiah is going to be called lord just as creator is lord i think this is an interesting thing and the messiah will sit in the yeshiva and all those who walk on the earth will come and sit before him to hear a new Torah and new commandments and the deep wisdom that he teaches. And no person who hears a teaching from the mouth of the Messiah will ever forget it. For the Holy One, blessed be he, will reveal himself in the house of study of the Messiah and he will pour his Holy Spirit upon all those who walk on earth and his Holy Spirit will be upon each and every one. Now, these are wisdom literature. These are observations that uh, they have made. And I just want you to realize that this is uh, an amazing thing. I mean, these are statements that so correlate Jesus. Now, in Ezekiel 37, it says this, Son of man, take a stick and write on it for Judah and the people of Israel associated with him. Uh, Then take another stick and write Joseph the stick of Ephraim and all the house of Israel associated with him and join them one to another into one stick that they may become one in your hand. So there's going to be a coming together of Ephraim and Judah, but there are two sticks. So this is yet to come. And now in Ezekiel eleven seventeen, it says, the Lord says this, I will gather you together from the nations. I will bring you all back from the countries where you have been scattered, and I will give you the land of Israel. I will give them a single heart, and I will put a new spirit in them, and I will remove the heart of stone from their bodies and give them a heart of flesh instead, so that they will keep my laws and respect my uh, observances and put, into, uh, and put them into practice, and then they shall be my people, and I will hear their God, or I will be their God. And there's so many more things like this. Let me just go to the next one. Now, an interesting note, again, coming back and forth. These are just messianic scriptures, okay, that I'm, I'm tying together. In John uh, eleven forty seven, 
It says, Then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees a council and said, What do we do? For this man doth many miracles. If we let him thus alone, all men will believe on him. They knew that all men are going to believe on him. See that? If we let him alone, all men will believe on him. And the Romans shall come and take away both our place and nation. And one of them, named Caiaphas, being the high priest the same year, said unto them, Ye know nothing at all, nor consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people, and that the whole nation perish not. And this spake he not of himself, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus should die for the nation. And not for the nation only, but that he also should gather together in one the children of God that were scattered abroad. That uh, then from that day forth they took counsel to put him to death. So he prophesied that one man would die for everyone. And that is exactly what happened. But not just that, not just for the nation, but that he should also gather together in uh, in one, the children of God that were scattered abroad. So it's talking to these lost sheep as well, people who needed to hear this truth. Now, we could go through verse after verse after verse after verse after verse, but basically, if we read what's going to happen with Yeshua, what's going to happen is that he is, uh, if we look at prophecy and everything, he's a shepherd of the 12 tribes of Israel, and he gathers them, this is with Old, Proph uh, Old Testament prophecy and some in the New, uh, that he's going to gather them from the far corners of the earth where they have been scattered amongst the nations uh, for the contempt of his covenant. So he's going to gather the ones who were cast out because of the breaking of the Mosaic covenant. And he will lead them back to the physical land of Israel to resettle them. And then he will unite the scattered tribes of Israel into one and he will renew his eternal covenant with them. These are the, the bullet points, if you will, of the agenda of the Messiah. Now, you may think, well, maybe, you know, how is that possible? Well, we read in different parts, too, that Jesus, when he comes, we're going to be together in New Jerusalem. We read that in Revelation. And so ultimately, we can say that is truth, that he has come to unify and to bring all back. Now, there's a spiritual Israel and there's a physical Israel, and that's the two different things that we're also going, but I'm specifically talking to physical Israel. And what I'm referring to is it says in Jeremiah 23, okay, it says, therefore, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that they shall no more say, the Lord liveth, which brought up the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, but the Lord liveth, which brought up and which led the seed of the house of Israel. Israel, not Judah, Israel, lost tribes, house of Israel. Okay, this is a hugely important verse, which led the seed of the house of Israel out of the north country, which is where they historically said they went, which is true in Assyria, which they scattered. And then it says, from all countries, whither I have driven them, and they shall dwell in their own land. Think about it. This is where it's coming from. This is why it, 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 the, the people will say, uh, the Jewish people say, and, and the rabbis say, that the Messiah is going to be the only one who is going to be able to find these people. 
And uh, there's DNA and things like that that could be done as well, but we can't prove it. So, and so that finally brings us to the last references that I'm going to look at. There is several different here, and um, we're just going to look at these. And like, there's so much information. Literally, you could spend days looking at information in regards to this subject. But like I said, just bit by bit, I will bring it out. So in uh, the Talmud, Sanhedrin 110b, uh, and, Ella, and Rabbi Elazar adds, even the darkness in which the ten tribes were lost will one day become as radiant as the day. And in the perspective of history, did not these exiled children of the patriarchs enlighten the nations among whom they were scattered, and did so by teaching their conquerors the fundamental ideas uh, fundamental ideas of the knowledge and love of God, ideals they had never forsaken. Hence, they too have a messianic vocation. And their Messiah, the Mashiach ben Yosef, Messiah or the son of Messiah, son of Joseph, also called Messiah, son of Ephraim, will play an essential role in humanity's redemption, for he will be the precursor of the Messiah ben David, Messiah son of David. It is therefore not surprising to find out that the prophet Jeremiah speaks affectionately of Ephraim in the light, Jacob's word. Jacob's words, his offspring will fill the nations, assume the significance of blessing. So we have to look at this and basically what it's, I mean, there's, there's so much talk back and forth in these things, but there's, there's two schools, schools of thought. One is that, you know, uh, Rabbi Akiva and some of those spoke and felt that the Jewish people or the, the lost tribe, since they were lost, they're not going to be found again. But there's enough uh, scripture stating that he is going to find them. God himself will do it because the people themselves have lost, have forgotten it. And, and so they're talking about this back and forth in the commentaries. But here's the reference, and this is basically the basic understanding. Um is that when Messiah comes, he is going to not only redeem the Jews, uh, he's going to re to redeem uh, Ephraim and bring them back and make them part of Israel again, the two sticks being one stick. And there's, and there's a lot of things I'll get into later, but this is just laying the foundation of some of those discussions. So I want you to see that that is really... Um, the foundation of, of, of what I'm talking about. And this can perhaps get confusing and could perhaps become misunderstood. And that's why I'm just going to go back very quickly and finish out this segment um, in uh, Romans 11 so that you can see what I'm talking about from a New Testament context. So there's Old Testament prophecies and there's Jewish uh, discussion on the matter that the Messiah is going to come and he's going to bring them back. He's the only one that can do so, uh, the redemption, because that's what's been prophesied in, in, in the Old Testament. But in, Roman, in Romans 11, again, I'm just going to reiterate this, hath God cast away his people, God forbid, for I am also an Israelite, seed of Abraham of the tribe of Benjamin, God had not cast away his people, which he foreknew. Wot ye not what the scripture says of Elias, how he maketh intercession to God against Israel, saying, Lord, they have killed thy prophets, dig down thine altars, and I am left alone. They seek my life. But what answer, or what saith the answer of God unto him? I have reserved to myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal, or Baal. 
Even so, then, at this present time, there is also remnant according to the election of grace. And if by grace, then it is no more of works, otherwise grace is no more grace. But if it be works, then it is no more grace, otherwise work is no more work. What then? Israel hath not obtained that which he seeketh for, but the election hath obtained it, and the rest were blinded. According to as it is written, God has given them a spirit of slumber, eyes that they should not see, and ears that they should not hear unto this day. This is basically speaking, when Jesus comes, um, it's going to be a time which their eyes are going to, uh, or a spirit of slumber, eyes will not see and the ears will not hear. There's a reason for that. And David said, verse 9, Let their table be made a snare, a trap, a stumbling block, and a recompense unto them. And let their eyes be darkened that they may not see and bow their back all way. I say then, verse 11, Have they stumbled that they should fall? God forbid. But rather through their fall, salvation is come unto the Gentiles. For to provoke them to jealousy. Now, if the fall of them be riches of the world, and the diminishing of them the riches of the Gentiles, how much more their fullness? For I speak to you, Gentiles, insomuch as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify my office. If by any means I may provoke to emulation them which are my flesh, and might save some of them. For if the casting away of them be the reconciling of the world, what shall the receiving of them be but life from the dead? For if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. And if some of the branches be broken off, and thou, being a wild olive tree, talking to the Romans or the Gentiles, wert grafted in among them, with them partakest of the root and the fatness of the tree. We could talk about that root as being faith or God. You know, it's it's we share in the faith of Almighty God. Um, obviously, some of the branches were broken off. There's some people that left the faith and and were not following in in the covenants of God. Boast not against the branches, but thou. But if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. So remember, it's not you that bears the root, the root bears ye. This, this momentum of faith, we could call it, or the faith in God. Uh, you don't bear it, it bears you. Well, because of unbelief, they are broken off. So they don't have, they don't believe, so they're broken off. And thou, by faith, so it's talking by faith that you're connected to this root, but be not high-minded. But fear, for if God spared not the natural branches, take heed lest he spare thee not, or spare not thee. Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God on them which fell. Severity towards thee, goodness, if thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou also shall be cut off. And they also, if they abide not still in unbelief, shall be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in again. So, yes, he can break them off because of unbelief, but he can also graft them in. Because of belief. For if thou wert cut off of an olive tree, which is truly wild by nature, and were grafted contrary to nature in a good olive tree, how much more shall these which be natural branches be grafted into their own tree? So, I mean, we have to look at this. Uh, even today, a wild olive tree, you can take a shoot from a different tree and, and graft it into a, another tree, and it will, it will grow. But it will, it will be different than if you take a branch that was broken off of the tree and regrafted back in. That will grow so much more because it was part of the tree. 
Okay, Romans eleven twenty five. For if I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part is happened to Israel. Blindness. Why? Until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. 26. And so all Israel shall be saved. As it is written, there shall come out of Zion the deliverer, shall turn away the ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant to them, when I shall say, take away their sins, as concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sakes, but as touching the election, they are beloved for the Father's sakes. For the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. Okay, she's saying, look, the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. It doesn't matter. Uh, you're not going to undo that. And he called Israel. And it says in verse 30, For as ye in times past have not believed God, yet have now obtained mercy through their unbelief. So here we go. Okay, because of their blindness, God showed mercy to us. Now, times past, you did not believe, yet now you obtain mercy through their unbelief. Even so, have these also now not believed, that through your mercy they also may obtain mercy. For God hath concluded them all in unbelief that he might have mercy upon all. So he did that so that he could have mercy on the Gentiles. But at the same token, because of the mercy in us, and they will obtain mercy. Isn't that amazing? Oh, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, or who hath been his counselor? Who hath first given to him, and who shall it be recompensed unto him again? For of him, and through him, and to him are all things, to, who, to whom be glory forever. Amen. So here are some very interesting verses in uh closing that I will use to tie this together. So just to show you the closeness that's going to happen between the house of Judah and the house of Israel. In Isaiah 5, 7, it says, For the vineyard of the, of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, and the men of Judah his pleasant plant. For he looked for judgment, but behold oppression for righteousness, but behold a cry. Chapter 10, verse 20, And then it shall come to pass in that day that the remnant of Israel... And such as are escaped of the house of Judah. Okay, so the remnant of Israel and those who escaped from the house of Judah shall no more again stay upon him that smote them, but shall stay upon the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, in truth. So there's going to be this time where they are going to stay upon the Lord. They're going to focus on God. And he again will be their God in truth. Isaiah 14, 1, For the Lord will have mercy on Jacob, and will yet choose Israel, and set them in their own land, and strangers shall be joined with them, and they shall cleave to the house of Jacob. What a picture. What's going to happen? He's going to have mercy on Israel, or mercy on Jacob. He'll choose Israel, and he's going to set them in their own land, and strangers are going to be joined to Israel. And they will cleave to the house of Jacob. There's going to be this coming together, this grabbing together of these two houses of people. And the reality is that in the house of Israel, there's going to be strangers who have joined the house. And the people shall take them, and this is Isaiah 14, and bring them into their place, and 
the house of the or the house of Israel shall possess them in the land of the Lord for servants and handmaids, and they shall be taken captives, whose captives they were, and they shall rule over their oppressors. There's a coming back going to take place here. And I think it's going to be uh, very interesting to see some of this take place. Now in Jeremiah 3.18, it says, In those days the house of Judah shall walk with the house of Israel, and they shall come together out of the land of the north to the land that I have given them, for an inheritance unto your fathers. So it's it's saying here they are going to be coming back to the land. Okay? And here again in Jeremiah 33, 14, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will perform that good thing which I have promised unto the house of Israel and to the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause the branch of righteousness. Notice the branch, the, the mention here. We just read in uh, Romans 11, branches, okay, of righteousness to grow up unto David, and he shall execute judgment and righteousness in the land. And in those days shall Judah be saved, and Jerusalem shall dwell safely. And this is the name whereunto, uh, where, sorry, wherewith she shall be called, the Lord our righteousness. For thus saith the Lord, David shall never want a man to sit upon the throne of the house of Israel. Neither shall the priests, the Levites, want a man before me uh, to offer burnt offerings and to kindle meat offerings and to do sacrifice. This is, again, one of these things that is uh, necessary to understand. Uh, These are are things written in thousands of years ago and and we are just starting to see these things come to reality and then we go to ezekiel 36 and there it says um and this is really the whole point of where i'm getting to therefore say unto the house of israel thus saith the lord god i do not this for your sakes o house of israel but for mine holy name's sake which ye have profaned among the heathen whether you went. And if you look at the chapters previously, it really talks just over and over and over and over and over again uh, about how Israel had had defiled the name and had done all sorts of things uh, against God. And in verse 23, it says, I will sanctify my great name, which was profaned among the heathen, which ye have profaned in the midst of them. And the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, saith the Lord God. When I shall be sanctified in you before their eyes, for I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all countries and will bring you into your own land. And then will I sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be clean from all your filthiness and from your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart will I give you also and a new spirit will I put within you and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and will give you a heart of flesh." I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and keep my judgments and do them. And ye shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers, and ye shall be my people, and I will be your God. I will also save you from your uncleanness, and I will call for the corn and increase it, and lay no famine upon you. And I will multiply the fruit of the tree, the increase of the field, that ye shall receive no more reproach of famine, among the heathen. 
Then shall you remember your own evil ways and your doings that were not good, and shall loathe yourselves in your own sight for the iniquities and for your abominations. Not for your sakes do I this, saith the Lord. Be it known among you, be ashamed and confounded for your own ways, O house of Israel. Thus saith the Lord God, in the day that I shall have cleansed you from all your iniquities, I will also cause you to dwell in the cities, and the wastes shall be builded. The desolate land shall be tilled, whereas it lay desolate in the sight of all that passed by. And they shall say, This land that was desolate is become like the Garden of Eden, and the waste and desolate and ruined cities are become fenced and inhabited. Then the heathen that are left round about you shall know that I, the Lord, built the ruined places and plant that that was desolate. I, the Lord, have spoken it and will do it. And thus saith the Lord God, I will yet for this be inquired of by the house of Israel to do it for them. I will increase them with men like a flock, as the holy flock, as the flock of Jerusalem in her solemn feast. So shall the way cities be filled with flocks of men, and they shall know that I am the Lord. So we see again in finality this coming back to the land that God is going to step out. And he's, he's describing perfectly what Jesus did in the New Testament to, to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And it says that there's going to be people joined to it. And there's also the Bible says that there's going to, they're going to forget their identities. But that is going to come back. So I hope you're beginning to see the picture of um, of what is happening and 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 there's there's so much uh, there's so much more that I could talk about I mean the whole book of Ezekiel so much it talks about these things and how what God is going to do to restore them and uh, and I, I'll get into it in the next segment I guess I'll just leave it for today but like I said there's so many things in relating to this. And I just want this to open your eyes a little bit that we are part of a bigger plan and sometimes our uh, blindness keeps us from seeing the big picture. So that's all I have for today. And uh, God bless and I will have a new update soon.